Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back. Randy Swaim here helping us with his coaching for relevance. Uh, relevance I'm sorry. Uh, he's really bringing freedom to potential and so much more. He's uh, been with us and has his own show and his own coaching company as a pilot, as a educator, as a doctorate degree. I mean, he's working on so many things. He's just a man who does a lot, but who's also well-recognized, very modest, very humble, and he's helping others follow his path of success. Uh, by working with him as a coach and doing so much. So always appreciate speaking with you and pleasure to have you back, Randy. How are you on this fine Wednesday? Well, I tell you what, good to be with you. And, uh, and hopefully I am revel, have some revelance rebel, rebel, in me too. <laughs> See? Yeah, right. We're both messing up the words. We got it. Yes. And no, relevance. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. What did you no, have in mind for your audience yeah, today? Yes, he's a Marshall hey. Goldsmith certified coach and so much more helping yeah. others. What is your yeah. area of focus for us today? Well, what I'm going to look at today, and, and it'll be a little bit of a, a quick one, but if, if some of the listeners send questions in. We'll probably have a few minutes to maybe uh, entertain a couple sure. of those. And the uh, number two, if you want to call 631, it's 307-4010-631-307-4010. Any questions as we go along? Go ahead. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, listen, what I thought we'd uh, do on this, and it's kind of very aligned with something that is that is um, uh, key. It's a, it's a deeper insight, but um, uh, the point... Uh, that I'll that I'll throw out to people, and and one of the things I'll, I'll I'll share just a little thing that was an insight that's aligned with one blog that I'm making for uh, you know for uh, uh, rising stars you know youth and stuff, but um, but it's a key point, and I'll and I'll bring it to a key point when you're talking about leading your team because it's a very important insight mentally and that you know we uh, Jill we've talked several times where I brought in some neuroscience aspects and one of the things that I kind of share with pilots and with you know coaching clients is that you know there are times when your brain is taking it to a good place but there's also times where without your being fully aware of it your brain's getting in the way and and it's an interesting point when you're talking about a challenging uh, area or a uh, you know an organizational maneuverability aligned uh, concept where the factors that come on scene maybe were not totally expected or whatever. How is your brain really doing it, and is it aware? And I'll just share this one picture because it was actually a neat little picture earlier today that is is unrelated really to leadership per se, but it does illustrate a little bit of what I'm talking about. I was actually driving to a uh, uh, to uh, uh, an event that I had to go to uh, uh, this morning. And what was interesting, it was over in North Dallas, and <clears throat> there came a time where we had to turn left to get onto this other road. And so I kind of came up, and I was about, I think I was about the, the fifth car in the uh, left turn lane. Of course, as you know, the traffic lights dictate who gets to go and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Well, as we came up to that road there, the 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 green uh, light and the green arrow were both on, mm-hmm. and so the first car or two, you know, went through very, you know, naturally. Well, guess what? The green arrow extinguished 
the green light stayed on, but the green arrow extinguished. Wow. And, and as you know, mentally, that means you don't have the right of way anymore. You got to wait. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that the, the two or three cars that were right after this person uh, that went across all went across just on their own. They were just sort of trying to take control of it and just say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that probably in their mind was, well, if I get out there, they won't start. But what was amazing is for those two or three cars that went across, all the cars on the other side, because their light was already green, yeah. and they you could tell they started but then had to stop when somebody cut went right in front of them across. And that happened for like two or three cars. And what's interesting is the last one, the one that was right in front of me, and when I came up to the to the stop line there, I just stopped, came to a complete stop because I knew what the, the lights were, you know, kind of thing. And... The guy that was right in front of me, the guy or girl, I don't know who it was or anything like that, um, you know, went over and, and right as the other cars were starting to go, it was like, Arr! and they came to a stop and it was like, and then this guy went, okay, and went across. And you could tell it was frustrating. Frustrating, anger, because, road rage. No yes. one knew what the other one was. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what happened is the people that were in front of me, because when I came up to it, you could tell that everybody on the other side there was a little bit concerned because they didn't know what I was going to do. Well, I came to a complete stop there and you I just went like go. this and I and I went yeah. like this, you know, kind of motioning them across and they all kind of went. And guess what? They all thanked and, you. They waved you. <laughs> yeah. In about 20 or, or, or 20 or 25 seconds. There came a spot where my light was still green, so I could turn left, and no big deal. I'll do it illegally and everything. And so, but it, it's very interesting. And the point that I was going to kind of make, and and how that is sort of a interesting picture of our leadership. And like I said, uh, what I'm what I'm kind of bringing that into my next blog for one area is that a lot of times when you're uh, developing people, and particularly when you're developing youth you know, kind of thing. If your whole mindset is simply on telling them what to do and and kind of punishing them if they just do something a little bit off of what you expected and all this kind of stuff, and that's your whole mindset, you're shutting their brain down. You're shutting their processing ability down and you're making them not develop. And so I think what, what we see a lot of times in our it, in, in in leadership and in our society a lot of times today is those kind of aspects where people are just trying to vindictively take over and control and all that kind of stuff rather than execute real leadership in this. And and it's sort of interesting. But here's the point that I was going to kind of throw out to, to the listeners as it relates to leadership. <clears throat> and it's also very aligned with something that we've talked about before, which is the aspect of feeding forward. And it's just this very interesting point that if you find yourself where you have to um, uh, have a conversation uh, or maybe a challenging conversation with somebody in your um, uh, in your team, uh, as the leader, there are times when you have to come and have conversations with somebody that... Uh, uh, that might be slightly challenging. You know, it shouldn't happen a lot, but it does every now and then. And the bottom line is, when you have to do that, how do you perceive your brain really becoming involved? And the question is, when you initiate that conversation, 
Wow. Is your brain looking forward in a way where you and that person are going to come together and as a team move forward? Or is your whole mindset about how I want to control this right here and now? Yeah. Wow. Because I'll tell you what, that's the dysfunctional way. And I, I've shared this on one of our shows, Jill, probably a year ago or whatever, yeah. a long time ago, uh, that I had to have a, um, a disciplinary conversation with somebody who was uh, working for me in the uh, uh, in the uh, aviation uh, group there. And he was doing something that was ticking everybody else in the team off. And what I did is I didn't, all, and, and you may remember vaguely a part of this conversation, but uh, when, I, when I walked in, I simply sat down in a very comfortable one-on-one -on -one way. And I said, now listen, the nature of this chat, I want you to understand, is disciplinary in nature. Mm -hmm. But in talking uh, to him, I didn't attack, I didn't threaten, I didn't play games. Yeah. What I did is I said, here's how you, you need to interact with these people, and here's how they need to interact with you. Yeah. And I said, to what extent are you screwing that up, and how are you getting in the way with that? And what was amazing, I think I shared with this on a previous call sometime way back when, but... Um, uh, the next day, he actually came into my office and asked if I had a second. And I said, sure, have a seat. And he looked at me and he said, I want you to understand, I really appreciate how you, how you had that conversation to, uh, yes, yesterday. And and he said, uh, is there any way we can make this doesn't get outside of our team here? And I said, nobody needs to know. I said, all I want is it fixed. That's all. I said, nobody outside of us knows about it. They don't need to know about it. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, Randy, I guarantee I will fix my part of it. No two ways about it. I said, good. That's all I want. And But the bottom line is, you know, when you're when you're so often in today's world and, and what you get is people have a sense that when somebody else is doing something that's ticking them off, is it really effectively ticking you off or are you frustrated because you're trying to play control freak games and this little part of it isn't going well and so there's a lot of aspects about that but what i you know the the, the leadership part of it i just want to bring out to this uh mindset is just simply this mindset when you have to have some of those conversations which sometimes it might be because of what somebody in your team did it it might be because there's ways where the team's not as effective together as they could be uh, could be a whole a number of possible applications of it but as you do that as a you know leader and a manager how do you perceive your brain really and truly is your brain when you look at your vision and and you're getting ready to initiate that is your brain thinking solely about this? Well, I want—I got to control this here right now. I got to, you know, and get into that kind of a mindset. Or do you go into it that, you know what, buddy? This is where we want to go. How's that going to get us there? Lead and give them direction. Yep. Coachingforrelevance.com. Uh, Randy, we have a call coming in. Hi, sure. welcome to the show. Uh, you are live on the line today with Randy. Who's this? Hi, Randy. Hi, Jill. This is Rob. How are you? Hi, Bob. Hello. Hi, hi. Just to let you know, you are live on the radio. Uh, and I'm assuming you're listening. You have a question for Randy today? Yeah, I have a question. So I'm, um, 
I'm a director at my uh, recruiting firm here, senior director actually, and I'm just trying to figure out because I feel like um, it's tough to motivate these people sometimes, and I'm trying to find out, you know, understand the best way to motivate and lead um, when, you know, especially the younger people because, you know, they don't have the same work ethic that, you know, we had when uh, we were younger. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a great question, and you have my compliments for asking it. Let me give you a couple of thoughts on it. And by the way, what you said is absolutely true, and that's the central theme of kind of where I'm taking this blog for the, like you said, because different generations are different and with how they came up and everything. But I will say this, too, with what you're talking about, the art form of this as a struggle is that every person you work with or every person that works for you is a little bit different. And and the challenge with that is one of the things I think, because you're right, there are going to be people that um, uh, in some cases are harder to, are harder to motivate. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did but you yeah, say, say something, Rob? Go ahead. No, no, I didn't say Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, and, and, and the point that you're making is exactly right that, and if you look at it, one of the things, and if you understand how neuroscience comes into play as, as a neuroplastician kind of thing, and you understand the neurotransmitters that the brain releases, guess what? That can drastically, uh, uh, you know, adapt or change, you know, kind of how they are motivated. And so one of the first things that you think about in this, and it's part, it's part of the art form of, of being a real leader, is getting a sense in what is it that is the big motivation for each of the people that report to me. Uh, you know, because some people, and, and you kind of implied this correctly, um, uh, Bob, you, you very much did, but guess what? Some people their brain is going to be releasing neurotransmitters because of the experience they had for six years prior to coming to your organization. And that may or may not be what is really part of your team. And sometimes when you click on that, that motivation, you part of it is helping that person overcome that part of what's holding them back. And, um, and you know, other people may have just the opposite, maybe the other end of the spectrum. They're just so used to the dope, what I call the dopamine fix, where people are just getting the dopamine to feel patted on the back and applauded. And, you know, if you, if you don't do that a little bit, they just get all sorts of upset, even though there was nothing wrong and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things when you're talking about your people that when you understand the, ne the neurotransmitters that the brain releases and that how that sort of generates some of the reactions that people have uh, as you connect with each individual and your people. And, and part of that, and, 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 and you're right, Bob, uh, you kind of implied this a little bit, but part of that is how are you getting your team to truly come together? Because here's the thing, when you talk about that motivation, a lot of times if you get your team to the point where they can get real synergy and they start to understand, yeah, we're not all exactly the same, but you know what? Yeah, okay. And they, they kind of have a sense from the day-to-day -day activities and work where they, you know, know how Bob or, or Randy or Jill or whatever, you know, kind of thing, how they are motivated and how they can connect with each other to do that. And uh, and because a lot of times they're doing it day to day, 
So when you're talking about that motivation part of it, there's a whole lot of aspects of it. And I will say this, that when you realize this, one of the things that a speaker said very recently, which is very, very true, because years ago, everybody thought that your emotions are what drove your thinking. Well, modern day research shows just the opposite is true, that it's your brain thinking and those neurotransmitters that drive your emotions. And so if you understand kind of how the brain uh, kicks in like that, and a lot of that's right. based on six years of experience prior to ever coming to your company, possibly. And so all of that is, is a big factor, but it's part of the art form of really generating motivation and synergy in your team. All right, let me interject here one second. So, Bob, yeah, Bob, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. Thanks, Bob. Um, so, just curious, what do you specifically do, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, I know this is about leadership. It really doesn't matter. But I'm just curious. What type of uh, team leadership and building skills do you use, and what type of um, office do you work in, if I, if you could tell so, us? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, I'm a so I'm a recruiter for accounting and finance, um, and, uh, you know, so... The biggest thing for us is you know, we're we're a hundred percent commission based group. Yeah. So um, yeah, so basically, I just um, you know it, it, you have to kind of be self motivated to do what we do. Okay. But at the same time, I find that the the younger people, you know, when I first got into the business, I was working you know basically three nights a week, late to like eight o'clock at night. I mean, these kids are out the door by five, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm trying to figure out like what's the best. The best way to kind of, you know, get them to without coming across as a tyrant or anything like that. Right. I know, right. I know that like the kids today, you know, you have to be a little more sensitive to them. You know, like I used to get yelled at when I was first, uh, you know, start working in general. Um, you know, if I didn't do my role right, but you can't even do that yeah. nowadays. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, what you're, you're absolutely right, Bob. And one of the things, particularly when you're talking about younger generations, and I will tell you this, that I'm amazed. I've got my, my uh, 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 great-granddaughter just turned 13 a few months ago. And um, when I think about who she's becoming, it blows my mind. But it's, so it can, it, it definitely can happen. But when you're talking about the younger generations, a lot of that, is is probably a lot of that in today's generations is they're not even aware of the possibilities they're not even aware of kind of what i can envision out of this and sometimes having those conversations and sometimes when they first come to work for you having those conversations that really help them to start experiencing how what they would like it to be is actually kind of aligned with where we're going and and yeah there's some aspects where they may know that they have to get comfortable with staying a little bit later or whatever, you know, kind of thing. But a lot of times the thing that will drive them to be able to do that is if they feel like, oh, yeah, I want to do this. And, you know, I, I want to make this happen. And a lot right. of times that'll, that, that'll be the key factor in it. So, yeah, there's a lot of aspects to it. But that's what you described there, particularly when you're talking about younger generations, is a key one. All right. Any suggestions gotcha, that gotcha. like team building that he could do? I mean, because I, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm not in the field, but like when you talk to someone, you have to have to talk to them and approach them a certain way. And you don't want to be condescending, uh, but you want right. to inform them and let them know kind of what you want without forcing the issue. But is there any suggestions? So for if you're hiring people, Bob, or I don't, do you, are you responsible for hiring people, too? 
I do. Okay. So, you know, when you do that, I mean, you put out an ad, I'm assuming, with what you want. And then when you get to meet with them, you probably get a better sense of the person, I would assume. Any tips or tricks when the interview process starts, Randy, that Bob could be more aware or Bob can kind of really grill in on that person to see if they're a really good candidate or any, I don't want to say tricks, but kind of like, yeah, yeah, kind of tricks. (laughs) <laughs> up your sleeve like you know but good tricks you know yeah. or or stimulating tricks by asking them certain questions like we've talked about it's also the way you word it which maybe Bob yeah. doesn't know how to do no offense to you but <laughs> just saying and, but, but that is no, no, no. go ahead no no go ahead uh, I, I was just going to say that's exactly right in fact I shared with this this I think on a story before but one of the uh, uh, across industries and I'm not saying everybody it just Generally speaking, that interview process is what a lot of people are not sure of how to really make that work. And um, and it, it's interesting. I was coaching a lady who ran her business and uh, and stuff, and she was bringing in an office manager. And after we were talking about leadership, and I don't, Bob, I don't know if you've ever heard this because this is a while back on one of these shows that I shared this. But one of the things we were talking about about is about leadership. And she sent me a text about halfway through the week. She said, here's some questions I'm going to ask her when we, when I interview her. And the third question was, what makes a good leader? And I called her and she said, hey, Randy, did you get those questions? I said, yeah, I did. She goes, what do you think? And I said, well, how about that third question? And I said, uh, you get a sense how that question, she's going to try to give you the right academic answer that you're looking for? And she went, oh, oh yeah, sort of, yeah. And I said, to be honest, I'd ask two different questions. And she said, what uh, what questions? And I said, the first question I would ask is, who's the greatest leader you ever saw? And I'd wait until she answered it. And then I said, what made him such? And now she's going to give you what she honestly believes. So a lot of times when you're talking about that, Bob, a lot of places around our industry, sometimes it's just about it, it, you're, you're looking for the right question areas. But sometimes if you kind of tweak the questions a little bit, uh, you can get real value out of what you're experiencing with it. Good. All right. That's awesome. Thank you. Anything else, guys? No, thank you. Thank you, Andy. My pleasure, Bob. It's it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for the call, Bob. And anyone else? Thank you so much. Oh, by the way, uh, tell Bob the website. Yeah. Coaching for Relevance.com, just in case you missed it. Yes. Coaching for it's coachingforrelevance.com and if you if you go to there Bobby you you may know this already but if you go to there at the bottom of the main page you'll see my email and my uh, 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 cell phone number and uh, as Jill has heard me say a number of times if somebody calls me I don't do cold call sales pitches or anything like that I build relationships so if somebody wants to just have a conversation we can do that if there's a need there then yeah we'll come up with something but um, but uh, uh, w- welcome opportunities to chat anytime uh, as we can. All right. Thanks again, Bob. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, 631-307-4010 if you have any questions. Uh, we still have, uh, gosh, only three, four minutes left. Uh, all right. Uh, let's continue the conversation for the last few minutes. <laughs> what else did you want to share? Well, th- this is really critical. And, and, and the thing that we were talking about, about, you know, how is your brain really doing that at the point when you got to have those uh, conversations? Is it is your focus just on getting over this one little point right here, all right now, you know, kind of thing, as opposed to looking forward and here's where we want to go? Um, 
and 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 all of that is sort of part of that but the um, um, you know it, it it's very interesting when you get into that and, and some of what Bob brought out is very true because what I tell uh, you know one of the things that I'm including in this rising stars blog uh, when it when it goes out is going to be this concept about even as parents or if you're talking about mentors trying to make them better as parents if your whole mindset is just about controlling them and and you know so often in today's society they don't really connect with their kids in a, in a in a way that yeah. is amazing i mean many do mm-hmm. but but a lot of times if you're as a parent your mindset is just on your fun which unfortunately that was part of my dysfunctional background that i you know that in my family that i came from um uh and there were some evidences of that, but but it held me back in some ways. And um, but you know, to the extent that you're doing that, you're hurting them because guess what? They're you're you're shutting down their brain. Their brain does not have the ability to process, and they don't have the vision and the ability to overcome what is uh, happening. I know. Um, I think I shared this once before. I won't say too much about it, but. Um, you know, there was a time when Hallie, her her father called me, and we were talking, and I and I told him, I said, you know what, I, and I won't tell you the situation she was crying about, mm. but I said, what did you do? And she she was on his lap crying for two two hours, and he said, really nothing. I just sat there and hugged her, mm. and I said, you know what, you did great. And he said, really. And again, given the situation that it was, and it wasn't with him or anything, it was something she was struggling with, you know, kind of thing. And I said, because what you helped communicate with your daughter is that she didn't have to go through these kind of times alone. She was not all by herself. And, And with who she and her brother are becoming, it's phenomenal in just who they are becoming as as people and stuff. And so it's just... You know, interesting when you're talking about the that aspect of the youth aspect of it. If as a parent you're doing that dysfunctional way yep. of just trying to, con- you know, my job is to control and just tell you what to do. You shut up and go do what I told you to do, and all that kind of stuff. If that's your mindset, you're hurting them in ways that you can't believe. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of the new generation that has come up as Bob kind of implied that they're different enough. And a lot of that is because mentors and people that were with them when they were kids did not do it well. And so it's just, uh, just one aspect about that. And guess what? That implies all sorts of stuff about leadership as well. When you get to uh, out into the business world. So it's a, it's a key aspect that people have to be reminded of. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here, for joining us. Thank you for the call. Uh, and how do we leave off, Randy? Tell us how we can reach you. Okay. You can uh, uh, just uh, just don't call me late for dinner yeah. you know, kind of thing. But, <laughs> but, uh, but again, my website, coachingforrelevance.com. And uh, as, as I told Bob, I don't uh, do you know on-the-site sales call pitches kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, I just connect with people. If they have a need, then, yeah, we'll come up with something and, and, and I'll coach. But uh, – uh, if it's just a conversation, we can have that, and they don't need to be worried about, you know, cold call pitches or anything like that. So, um, 
Uh, so I just it's an honor working with you, Jill, as always, and we'll look forward to uh, doing it doing it again. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day, and looking forward to next time. Let's dance it away. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together, We're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.